Welcome everyone. Uh, this is part of a feedback and insights number 72, which the first part was addressed to the parents. And right now we're going to address in particular to um, girls, um, teenage girls from the point of puberty onward, um, which is an exciting time in a girl's life, but it could also be a scary time in a girl's life. People do not like to talk about this subject. And um, talking to girls now will say that clearly that all women um, around you that you interact with, your mother, your grandmother, your older sister, all have gone through puberty, things that you have gone through. And it's a little, little scary, but when you talk about it and you're aware of it, you'll become more prepared. Um, and this is taken from someone, Rabbi Shmuel Jablon, that's brought down in the book by Rabbi Yoch- Dr. Yocheva Dubao. Very well put, and I'm going to express some of the ideas that are there to you here uh, that hopefully will help. It will help you understand and will help you feel calm and even happy about these changes that seem scary, but once you know what it is, you'll learn not only to cope with it, but also to be able to thrive and be happy and well-adjusted with these changes that are taking place in your own body and in your own emotions. And he brings down that every day when we daven and we say Asha Yotzar, we say it when we go to the bathroom, but the truth is, it's not just a matter of thanking Hashem for the waste uh, in the body that comes out, which is a tremendous bracha. But we're thanking Hashem for making our bodies to work so perfectly. Just like it's an appreciating in a practical way when we go to the bathroom properly, that we don't, thank God, don't need dialysis, our kidneys are working properly, and the expulsion of our waste is working properly, and we appreciate it, and we thank Hashem for it. But we're supposed to respect every part of our body. The fact that we could speak, the fact that we could hear, the fact that we could smell, the fact that we could touch, and as well as the fact that he made our bodies work perfectly so that the human race will continue. That every single one of you is in a potential a mother to future children, which as Hashem is part of Hashem's plan for you. It's one of the most greatest miracles that Kaddish Baruch Hu made as human beings that we can have children and that we can have the ability to become partners with Kaddish Baruch Hu in creating a child and continuing the growth of our people, Am Yisrael. So you as a young girl will become a wife one day and will become a partner with your husband together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in creating new life, in creating new lives, in creating children. And there are many organs that have to work correctly in both the husband and the wife for this to happen. And that's part of the miracle. And women in particular are, have a special bracha that they are given, that they have the ability to become pregnant, to nurture an unborn born child in their womb, in them for nine months and then to bring it into the world. 
And in order to have this capability, in order to develop this capability to become future mothers, to have the ability to become pregnant and to nurture a a child for nine months in the womb and bring it into the world, children need to mature physically and physically and emotionally and spiritually into young adults. And this process is called puberty. So what is puberty? Puberty is a time when your body begins to grow and change internally and out in a way that will allow you one day to become a full-fledged, healthy adult and be able to have children, to be able to conceive, to become pregnant and have children. And it also helps you get bigger, it helps you get stronger and become a healthy adult. And the range of time in which girls go through puberty starts at the age of 9 or 10. Some may develop later, perhaps even up to 16 years old, the average age being around 12. That's why girls become bas mitzvah at that age of 12. Boys also go through puberty, sometimes between 11 and 18. Most of them begin at 13, and that's why they have their bas mitzvah at that age. And it doesn't really matter what age you go through puberty. It's all normal and eventually happens to everyone. And therefore, if you uh, see girls around you, around your age, some developing more, some developing less, looking different in the way the bodies are adjusting, some have already their breasts growing larger and yours hasn't and so on and so forth or the other way around, these are things not to be concerned about makes really no difference whether it starts this year, it starts next year, it starts the year after. Ultimately, everyone experiences it, and it's nothing to worry about. And during puberty, the same thing happens to every single girl without exception. This is the time when your whole body begins to grow. And Hashem put into the body chemicals that help you go through this process of growing, These chemicals are called hormones, and these hormones are for different things. Some help you grow taller, and some will help you grow body parts that identify you as a woman, like breasts, and some help you grow hair out of your body. And as your hormone levels change, you start developing breasts, and you'll start the menstrual periods, and you'll grow taller, and it'll happen pretty quite suddenly. And these changes are normal, they're healthy, and they're beautiful, all part of you becoming a woman, and it's something that's to celebrate, it's a nace that's within you. So it's scary because it's a big change, it's uncomfortable sometimes, but it's a tremendous nace and it's the biggest bracha in the world. And while this is happening, it's very important to develop, to, 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 had to be careful with yourself and take care of your body and to remain clean because these hormonal changes causes various things. So to give you just a short thing that we're going to talk about, what happens to girls during puberty, their hips widen. They start releasing the eggs, which we're going to talk about. They start menstruation, the blood, which is called a period. They start vaginal discharges and the breasts begin to develop and you grow taller and the skin gets oilier, hence the agony of pimples and acne, and the voice begins to change. It's more pronounced by boys, 
but by girls also, there's changes in the voice. The skin becomes oily, and that's where the pimples come in. So if you wash your face often and shower properly, you may have fewer pimples, but all most teenagers have it. Some have a severe case of it. Very normal for many teenagers to have a severe case of, of acne, of pimples. They, all they, they go to a dermatologist, the skin doctor. They prescribe treatment if necessary. And all of that is very, very normal. Now about modesty also. Puberty is also a time where boys and girls both start to become attracted to one another, which is very natural. And um, when young men and young women that were never attracted to each other, if, that would, if, that would, if they would never be attracted to each other, they wouldn't get married and they wouldn't have children. So despite the fact that, yes, our culture, our world and is, 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 uses the relationships between boys and girls in very negative ways, and it could be destructive when it's, you don't wait until you're married to get involved in sexual aspects. But the bottom line is, though, what you need to know, and it's very important, that the actual attraction, the interest that's all of a sudden after puberty gets developed, where you start being interested in the opposite gender, is a very, very healthy thing, because that is the reason why people get married in the first place and have children. If, they, if Hashem wouldn't put that in them, it would not happen. The Gemara talks about this when they tried to take away the Yetzir Hara for immorality, and, and the Yetzirah of Arias completely was taken away from the world and they didn't have any eggs. They didn't fertilize because the animals didn't work with each other. So Halacha tells us how we're supposed to act with the opposite gender, to be careful with it. Not That's called Shem and Egea, not touching them. And Sneas. And Sneas is not just the way you dress. Boys need to dress with Sneas too. And, but our bodies are not dirty. They're not shameful. It's just that they're private. It's a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we're supposed to use our bodies in a way He wants us to use them and to respect the bodies that He gave us. And the only time a man and a woman is allowed to be intimate, intimate meaning hugging, kissing, holding hands, and more than that, is when they're married. And biologically, they could do that before they get married. They're already developed and they could, but that's not what Hashem wants. Hashem wants you to wait till you're committed in a marriage to that one basherta that's for you, to develop a family home structure with your own husband and children. And the ability to have children can be misused. He wants to use the, you to use the gift properly. People are embarrassed to ask questions. People are embarrassed about the changes that they're experiencing. And that's also normal. And remember, there's a difference between secret and private. Our bodies aren't secret and it's not bad. It's Kaddish. It's private though. And to be frank with you, and people don't talk about it this way, people don't talk about that they go to the bathroom and do whatever they do in the bathroom. But it's the most normal thing. It's a healthy thing. It's a good thing. It's a private thing. It's not secret in the sense that it's bad or demeaning or disgusting. It's not. It is not. Even that 
you know, obviously, and I'm just going to be open with you, you go to the bathroom, do your thing there, doesn't smell pre- pleasant. But it's not nothing to be embarrassed about. It's part of being human. And sexuality is part of being human. So it's private. But it's not a secret in the sense that it's bad or shameful. And that's very important to know. When it says Hashem created the body with wisdom, He created the body with wisdom, even though the bracha is meant, is, is designated on the digestive system of it and the ability to excrete waste out, what we call number one, number two, whatever you want to call it. But in this bracha, means He created your bodies with wisdom, which means that your breasts are made with wisdom, your uterus is made with wisdom, your vagina is made with wisdom. Your sexual impulses created by those organs and the hormones behind it was created with wisdom. There's nothing evil about it. There's nothing bad about it. It's just that because it is special and unique, one has to be careful to guard it and not to misuse it. Now, the reproductive organs by a girl is inside the body primarily. And though it cannot be seen, it's important to know how they work. There's the ovaries, the uterus, fallopian tubes, the cervix, vagina, and then the external organ called the vulva. Ovaries, uh, every woman has two ovaries on each side of the uterus, oval-shaped. They store the female reproductive cells called ova, also known as eggs. Each ovary holds hundreds and thousands of them, which are there for birth, but become ready to be fertilized during puberty. Uterus is also known as the womb. That's the place where the baby grows in the nine month of pregnancy. It's a hollow organ shaped like an upside down pier. It's not very big, but it grows and stretches during pregnancy. And during puberty, it also grows bigger. Fallopian tubes are the tubes where the eggs travel through from the ovaries to get to the uterus. The cervix is the lower part of the uterus, which leads from the uterus to the vagina. And the vagina is the muscular tube inside the body that connects the cervix and the uterus to the outside of the body. It is through the vagina that the underdeveloped egg or fully developed baby leaves the mother's body. And that's what we call a vaginal birth when the child goes through that area. The vulva is people say vagina instead of it, but the vagina is inside the body, the vulva is outside uh, and has various parts. Um, from the bottom to top to the bottom, uh, there's the cloiderus at the top, which has three openings. There's a the urinary opening, known as the urethra, from which a person urinates. And then there's the vaginal opening, where sexual intercourse happens. And from there, the that baby eventually comes out. And then there's the Anus with a person, you know, when they use, they use the bathroom with the bowel movements. Cloiderus is a small bundle of nerves and tissues that's sensi- sensitive and responsible for feelings of sexual pleasure when it's stimulated. It has two, this vulva has two sections, the outer labia, the inner labia, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right even. The outer one is folds of skin that cover the rest of it to protect it. The inner one is moist and sensitive to touch. Then there's something called the hymen, which is the thin membrane generally found in girls and young ages 
at the opening of the vagina, it's perforated, meaning that menstrual blood flows through these perforations, and it could sometimes tear. And a variety of normal physical activities, horseback riding, bicycling, gymnastics, other sports, inserting tampons could also tear a hymen, and those things are pretty normal. Menstruation means that about once a month, as the egg leaves one of its ovaries, it's called ovulation, travels down the tubes to the uterus. Several days before ovulation, there's a hormone estrogen that uh, um, stimulates the uterus, builds up extra blood and tissue, actually prepares an egg to be fertilized by a sperm cell, travels through the uterus and so on. If an egg is not fertilized, which in the case of most of a woman's monthly cycles, it does not attach to the wall of the uterus, so it has to shed that extra lining, and the blood and the tissue and the unfertilized egg leaves the uterus, going through the vagina and out of the body, and that's what menstruation is. Menstruation really is, is when there is no child to be niscabble because it didn't happen, that extra fluid goes out of the body. It happens generally every month for many, many years until a woman is somewhere between 45 and 55. Of course, when a female is pregnant, this also stops. And once a woman reaches 45 to 55, whatever age it is, they reach menopause and she no longer releases eggs from her ovaries and doesn't get her period anymore. And to absorb the blood when one menstruates, there are pads, there's tampons, there's... there's, uh, different uh, products. Hopefully your mothers know about it and um, it's important to uh, to do that and um, whatever. Those are things that um, are good for hygiene and again, do whatever research you need to do on how to make yourself comfortable in those areas using those pads and things when their menstruation takes place. And... Um, the, 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 the cycles of periods vary from girl to girl, from woman to woman. It could take between 21 and 35 days. Generally speaking, the average is generally 28 days. Usually as one gets older, there's a regular cycle. But when periods first begin, they become irregular. Don't worry about it. All this is perfectly normal. And you may, may recognize signs when periods are about to come. Sometimes the breast gets sore. Some have cramps in their abdomen or in their back. Some may feel more emotional than normal. And um, so all these things are important to know. Um, there's sometimes you may notice a yellow or white stain as you go through puberty. That's also normal. Um, and... Um, you know, if you're nervous about things, you speak to your mother about it or go to a doctor, those type of medical doctors. Usually a lot of these things are very, very normal. PMS is that sometimes during the menstruation cycles, you may start to notice uh, you'll feel moody or achy. And uh, it's called PMS, premenstrual syndrome. And those are hormones that are released in preparation for menstruation that could have a physical and emotional impact which could be swollen breasts, tender breasts, feeling swelling, feeling heavy, skin breaking out more in pimples and in acne and things like that, cramps and lower abdomen, cramps in the back. 
and so on and so forth. Emotional signs of being more irritable, more emotional. Um, and there are things that could help with this. There are things that could help. Sometimes it's eating healthier foods like fruits, vegetables, exercising, using soothing heat like a hot bath, hot water bottle to minimize cramp pain. Sometimes medication is needed, prescribed by a doctor uh, to address any pain or headaches or cramps that come with menstruation. And um, so hormones affect puberty very much. Breasts will start growing, first with bumps and so on and so forth. And again, sometimes they develop unevenly. It's something not to worry about. One will be bigger than the other. Although they look even, it takes sometimes a few years for the breasts to develop fully. It's nothing to worry about. And here, that grows, and the height, that, you know, the, the growth spurts, all these are very normal things. So those are various things that are important to know. And the one other thing that I want to talk about, two more things that I want to talk about before we stop, is as follows. Female masturbation. That subject. What is it? Masturbation, female masturbation is when you touch or rub your own genitals to make you feel good or feel with sexual feelings. Boys and girls, some of them never masturbate, and some of them do it often. And many of them feel the urge to do this for physical pleasure during pu puberty. So is it harmful? Is it not harmful? So... The truth is, on the natural physical way, it's a natural thing. It's a universal tendency. Generally, it does not cause emotional harm or physical harm. It's usually a safe way that the secular world uses to relieve sexual tension. However, what halacha says about it is it's very much discouraged. Now, for boys and men... It's much more strict. It's absolutely forbidden. And when I talk to the boys, we talk about that separately, how to handle that. It's forbidden, but it is a struggle. And you girls, like we addressed when we talked to the parents, when you're mature enough, you need to understand, just like men need to understand a little bit of what we discussed here about menstruation. They don't need to know any, every nitty-gritty detail, but they need to know in general you also need to know in general how a boy's, you know, and men, their bodies develop and how that works because it's a very big struggle for men and boys not to masturbate and not to, not to express their sexuality in their teenage years. And you need to know this because there are many, many good girls, like all your good girls, and nevertheless, you'll have these sexual feelings that come up and you may think, what's wrong with me? I'm a bad person, or I'm warped, or I'm corrupt. And that's not true. It's very normal. You just have to learn how to control it. The same applies with boys. And with boys, again, masturbation is a much more serious thing than with girls. It's clearly not allowed. Nevertheless, even the biggest, greatest ones, and very sensitive boys, and Yeshiva Bachram, and, and Erlich Eden, struggle with this. It's a big struggle. 
But again, so it's a very complex thing where on one hand, Halacha says it's usher for the boys. So there's no way to get around that. And you have to deal with that and you can't make light of it. But at the same time, you have to be sensitive to the fact that naturally, it's very natural to have these sexual feelings and urges. And the struggle is very difficult. Now, from women and girls, as far as masturbating, there's no explicit isser in the Torah for female masturbation. And you could ask different Rabbanim, they'll tell you different things. Some will say no comment. <laughs> they won't talk about it at all. And some will very much discrub, discourage it. Some will say it's not a big deal because Zara, it's Zara for a woman is not, not a major thing. There's not that much literature on this topic, to be honest with you. But the bottom line is, though, the, the limited amount that does talk about it, it's, it is not, it discourages masturbation. It discourages using your body to stimulate yourself sexually for pleasure. And there's many reasons behind that discouragement. One of them is, is that the tire expects you to be holy and view masturbation as something that usually necessitates, necessitates sexual fantasies, unholy thoughts. And that's why they discourage it. They discourage it because they want you to use sexuality with your husband when you get married and not in these other ways. Also, the, the, the Torah wants you to preserve sexuality, to strengthen the relationship between a husband and a wife, and they didn't want sexuality to be used for anything else. So they consider anything sexual pleasure alone, just for the sexual pleasure of it, is taking sexuality out of the context for which it was created, which was to have a relationship with your own husband. And another problem is, is that it, it could become addictive. If you choose masturbation over other activities, it could become a habit, an unhealthy habit to self-soothe. And that's and no different than self-soothing with extra food or self-soothing with ice cream or with a pound of, uh, you, know, of uh, you know, a whole pack of cookies or in worst case scenarios, alcohol or drugs or so on and so forth. So masturbation could also be used as a drug to self-soothe, which is also unhealthy. So that's why in general, female masturbation is not encouraged, even though you can't necessarily say that it's outright prohibited, but it is discouraged. Now, the question is, at when you're married, this you talk with your husband at that point, to use it to a certain extent to get you into the mode to be with your husband. That's a separate issue. We're not getting into that right now. But girls, you need to know that it's something that's to, to be taken with responsibility. It's not that sexuality is bad. It's a holy thing. It's a beautiful thing. And it can be channeled in wonderful ways in your teenage years. But this idea of waiting and this idea of holding it off Till the right time comes, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu designed it is the most healthiest approach, as hard as it may be at times. Another thing that's important for you to know, that all of you, some of you may feel that you are objectively good-looking, some may feel not. You need to know that physical beauty, if you possess it, 
is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. It has nothing to do with you. You are not better because, or more superior because you are more physically attractive than your peers. And the reverse is also true. If someone, any of you girls, feel that you're not blessed, quote-unquote, with the right body, with uh, feeling good-looking, you, you feel your nose is too long, or your hair uh, is very-ish, uh, whatever, you know, not, not as nice as other girls and things like that, everything is minashamayim. And every girl is beautiful in their own way. And they have a chrayas to present themselves and take pride in their beauty, whatever that beauty is, whatever your physical attributes are. It makes no difference. Whatever level it is, objectively speaking, Hashem gave it to you and you use it in a responsible way. And there's nothing wrong with being attractive. When they talk to the parents, we didn't discuss it here that much. There's a big difference between the being attractive in a healthy way, in a kosher way, in a tzniyistika way, and on the other hand, being what we call sexy or sexual, which is very much in our culture, which is very unhealthy. Because the sexual aspect of wanting to feel sexual and attract attention of the other gender has its purpose when it's with your own husband after marriage. That's where it's supposed to be. So it is to be realized. It is to be expressed. And you will all experience, though, that sexual aspect of your life. But in your years prior to marriage, the purpose of it and the focus of it is not that, but normal, healthy attractiveness in its neistic way. So if you are very good-looking, and you know it, you don't take pride in it, you realize it comes with a tremendous responsibility to be very bitsneous about it, not to be arrogant about it, not to use it in manipulative ways, not to use it to unhealthily attract the attention of the opposite gender. It's an achrayas. And those of you that feel that they're not blessed, quote-unquote, with that, and they're much less attractive, not to be jealous, not to feel that they're you're inferior in any way, shape, or form, but you take whatever natural physical attributes you have and you make it as beautiful as possible in your own way. In other words, if someone feels by themselves that they're not beautiful, they're not attractive, or they're overweight, or they don't feel good about their own body image, it's, upon, it's, it's a responsibility upon yourself to fight that trend and say, I am beautiful, I am attractive, I could make myself the best I can make myself be. There's nothing wrong with that, of get dressing, dressing and, 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 and presenting yourself in the best way that promotes yourself best emotionally, spiritually, and physically. You could do that in a sneeistical way. You could wear nice clothing. You could do things to your hair or to your appearance that presents yourself in a chen, in a graceful way, no matter what you think objectively of what your physical beauty level is. And for those of you that say, eh, I'm anyway not attractive, so I'm going to let myself go, that's not the healthy thing. Every Bas Yisrael is beautiful be'etzim. But again, Hashem made everyone different than everyone else, but Hashem made you the way you're supposed to be, and it has its own chain, and it has its own thing, and you can use it to the fullest, and that's what you do. 
for the, the ones that are very attractive and very popular and very charismatic, they have the achrayas of not to become arrogant, self-centered, or narcissistic. They have to be very careful with that. It's a bigger nisayin for those. And again, it's very important not to use sexuality in a negative way in your teenage years. I hope this helped. And um, your parents probably listened to this before giving this to you. And they can relay any further questions that you may have. And um, again, this is something that is a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. People don't like talking about it. And not, not to say that it should be a focus 24-7, but the bottom line is, it is a fact in life. It is something everyone goes through. And it's something that's important to know. And it could take away a lot of anxiety when you prepare yourself. And hopefully your parents are the type that you could talk to them about it or that you have a mora, a teacher, a mentor that you could talk about these things in an open way when you have concerns about this. And this applies all through the teenage years. Even we're to the point where you're not ready yet to get married and these sexual challenges come up in your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions to be able to learn how to deal with them the right way. It is not easy. It is a struggle, especially in our generation. Not to act upon sexuality. It's a big nisayin. It's a mysterious nefesh. It shows how special we are if we stay strong with it. But again, it's not because it's bad or evil. It's just meant to be preserved in the right way, at the right time, with your own husband's Bessus Hashem. And you'll all be Zeichem Hashem to become mothers in Klai Yisrael, beautiful wives in Klai Yisrael. You will enjoy sexuality. Again, we didn't talk about it much here, but sexuality is not just for the purpose of have, having children. It's for the relationship between your, you and your husband in particular, even independent and separate from the fact of having children and to have an emotional relationship with your husband and a f- deep friendship relationship with your husband, which includes enjoying yourselves sexually as well. That's part of it. And it's something to look forward to, but it's something worth delaying the gratification and instead channeling that teenage energy which you have which is so powerful that could you use in so many wonderful ways in art in music in prayer in 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 all types of positive activity that could inspire that could help and your teenage years can be full of so much goodness and so much creativity which is a lot of it is the sexual energy being channeled into music, into songs, into poetry, into writing, into connecting with Hashem in very deep ways, which will fill you with tremendous simcha. May Hashem help you all be zeichet to this, but as Hashem, we should all have atzlach and bracha with this. Take care.